Welcome to the 10-9 Podcast, a show hosted by two hollowed-out, emotionally empty, and institutionalized veteran correctional officers struggling to maintain their sanity and their civility outside of their facility. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce your hosts, Roland Peters and William Young. There you go. That gets you in the mood right there. Yeah. You know what, Dan? This is the first time that I've ever heard that, that I realized that she, she, see, she said struggling and I can't even say she said, she said, he said, she said, that's who said that she, she did. Said, she said, Haley did. Haley said struggling. I like it. Yeah. I, I like the way she talks. Yeah. No, she's good. Yeah. She's good. That was a good intro. Yeah, very good. She's uh, she needs to be paid more. What uh, what size shirt do you wear? Because I don't like the shirt that you're wearing, but I have a shirt for you. You're gonna make me change just to wear the just for the show. No, you can wear that uh, thing. I like this shirt. It's got a good color. It's comfy and. What's that? What what size shirt you wear? Uh, size, size fat, extra large. This this uh. This extra large is not going to fit you. Because it's an XXL? No. This, this is a 2X. See, I'm not a 2X. I'm a X. Well, you know what? I'm on my way because right. I, I lost 25 pounds. When? Uh, between October and December. Were you working out or? No, I changed my diet. Two. I stopped eating carbs. And, and what has happened since? I started eating carbs and I gained 10 pounds back. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you're still up 15 then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I got this box sent to me from from, uh, from Blue Help. And uh, and they gave me a bunch of stuff. And I want to give you a t-shirt. Well, I would be honored. Um, I'm going to give you this blue, this one here. This It's a 2X. But it, I think it'll shrink. I'll shrink it. I think it'll shrink, and uh, if you're carrying concealed, it'll it'll be fine. But, well, that's what I need. So it's got the logo. It's got the logo on the front. Very nice. And then on the back, it says, "When you think you are alone, you're not." You should hold that up to the camera. Boom. Okay. Very nice. There it is. Very there nice. you go, buddy. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's uh, was it was are these the? Uh, I got some more stuff for you. Okay. Are these the ones that did the uh, lemonade? No. Nope, okay. that's different. This is so Blue Help is the organization that tracks officer suicides. And uh, if you'll remember on my uh, live show that I was streaming uh, at the early part of last year on Facebook, the Saturday Night Synopsis, I had Brianna Mellon on. Uh, her father was a correctional officer, killed himself. Mm -hmm. She she uh, has been an activist, uh, an advocate for correctional officers ever since. She works with Blue Help, and um, they uh, they use their resources, they use their influence to help correctional officers, the same as um, quote unquote other first responders, real mm -hmm. first responders, and uh, and yeah, so that's good. So a lot of organizations out there are helping first responders. Not a lot of organizations consider corrections to be in that group. So here's a I want to give you this sticker too. Uh, the stigma stops here. So here's that for you. Well, hold on. Thank you very There's much. There's that for you. There's that for you. Now I can put this in my the back window. Put of it my... in the back window. 
of wow. your and and I want to give you this pin as well, which is uh, a uh, suicide awareness uh, law enforcement suicide awareness uh, pin. So there you go. This is this is like better than what I got for Christmas. Now I like this. I can wear this on my uniform. And they. Uh, so it was a nice little Christmas package I got from uh, from Blue Help, and I wanted nice. to share. They're very, very supportive of what I do. Uh, they share my posts. They share the YouTube channel. They share all kinds of things. So I appreciate what they do, and they are helping me uh, reach other people. So and you're going to put their website in the show notes. They're, yeah, very they're... good, very good. I, I don't know if people read the show notes, but but uh, yeah, we could put the uh, the link. Yes. To their organization, Blue Help, in yes. the show notes. Yeah, very good. That was good, Roland. Uh, yeah, I, I pick something up every. Yeah, now very and good. Then. No, that was a good. That was a good surprise. That was a good Christmas package. Very nice. Uh, that I got from uh, that I got from them. I got that Guardian box, uh, the Guardian gift box, and then I got the the Blue Help uh, gift box. Both organizations working really hard to promote uh, mental health. And wellness in uh, in corrections. Well, and you're working hard for them also, so that's. Well, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying. So what's new, man? Well, I'm I. What? What do you got? What do you? You're digging something out of the pile, my pile. Yeah. Okay. This right here. This this book came out uh, just recently. Which book is that? It is the Nothing That Never Happened by yeah. William Young. That guy's an ass. He is. He's an um, asshole. I could tell you that. You know, I work with that guy, and, yeah. and he's full of shit. Me too. He doesn't do one thing that he puts in those books. Well, but see... <sighs> Does not practice what he preaches. I had an officer, I had a, I had a female a, a female coworker, a fellow officer, call me out uh, about a year ago on my, on my bullshit. Practice what I preach, she said. Because I was speeding. Because on my Friday, driving home, I was speeding. Oh, and you said normally you just drive the speed, speed limit. Speed limit, yeah. Radio, yeah. no radio. Yep. I didn't you know. Just, you just zone. I didn't know that somebody would be watching uh, my every move, every second, and uh, and then call me out on my bullshit. So nine out of ten, ten times you do something. The one time you don't. Yeah, it's actually probably four out of ten times I do it. But I'm a work in progress, and that's the point of the movement. I want to. Let's just all hit our mics real yeah. quick. Everybody, everybody at home, everybody, if you everybody. have a mic, hit your mic. Ready? One, One two, two three. three. There we go. Good. We all hit our mics. <laughs> I want to tell you what's really cool about this book. What's really cool about the book? This I I I just received it the other day, and I I got my two copies. Okay. My, my mandatory two copies. One for you. One for your dog to chew up. My dog loves to de- devour your he, your, your material. dog digested the material better he, than you digested he, the material. He yes. devours your material. Tears it up. Uh, the coolest thing about this book, not, not all this, the, uh, the praise, not, not all the, I have to put that in there. I I realize that it's, but I'm not, that's, that's all nice, but it's not as cool as this book has a library of Congress control number. (laughs) Yeah. 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 See, you talk about, being an author and being proud and all that. And it never really sunk in till today. I picked this up. You, you are forever in the library of Congress. Right. That can never be taken away. Yeah. You can be impeached, 
but that will never be taken away. What would I be impeached on? Uh, it's uh, probably not practicing what you right. preach. Right, never, never working a housing unit. You know, funny story. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's keep let's keep talking. Let's keep keep on track. You were you were you were saying something nice. Uh, I think. Yeah, is I that am, what you're doing? I I am. I'm. You know, you you uh, you you are very proud, and I'm, and I'm not saying this in a bad bad way. You're not egotistical at all. Um, but I just I never I never understood the pride you felt when in publishing this book until. I was, I know somebody that's in the Library of Congress. You know what's even better about having a book? That is cool. It, the, the, the best part about having a book is, now this is book number two, is people right. coming up to me and saying, congratulations, it must be cool to have a book published. Um, and I say, yeah, it's it's my right. second one. And they said, no, 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 it's just, you know, they, they, they have no idea about the first one. They uh, They say it's really cool. But then... They proceed uh, to tell me that it's basically full of shit, and I'm not qualified to write it. So it, that's a lot of fun. Can I? Can I just say oh, one? Sorry, thing? go ahead. Two zero two zero nine two two nine five one. Is that my library? Uh, that's your Library Congress of Congress control, control number. number. That's yeah. that's cool to me. That is that is. Uh, I mean, anybody can get a. A Xerox machine and, right. and knock one Just, of these yeah, out. Yeah, I'm actually printing those up in my basement uh, and uh, off my wife's work printer. Yeah, and, with uh, the, along yeah. with the $20 bills. Y- using some glue stick, uh, putting them together. That's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, anybody can knock one of these out, but to be in the Library of Congress, to actually have a Library of Congress control number, I don't know. To me, that's just that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. But I'm gonna probably read this one of these days. I'll get around to it. Yeah, I mean, don't don't set your expectations too high. I I never do with yeah. you. No, I, I know. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a nice. Uh, I had a good. Listen, I had a at, at the beginning of the year. I I had a weird year last year. Wait a minute, beginning of last year, beginning of this year. What year is it? Yeah, because we're only nine days into this one. So 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 2020. Yeah, that was last year. So 2019 was an awesome year for me. It was. It was. Uh, I published my first book. I was traveling. Was, I was it that long ago? It was writing. I was speaking. Oh yeah, you're right. Because uh, the COVID hit. Yeah, in March. things were great. Yeah. Uh, COVID hits in March of 2020, and all of that goes away. Yeah, you uh, were supposed to go to Cleveland because no, Cleveland Canton. rocks. Canton. Oh yeah. No travel. Uh, the the outlets that I was writing for. Uh, decided that uh, one that I wasn't qualified to that uh, they they were uh, they had published too much correctional content and they wanted to do something else. So I was left with no no outlet, no speaking engagements, and uh, yeah, I was I was not I was I was sad. It was the opposite of what I had felt three months prior, and uh, and that's kind of why I. Kind of started podcasting, I guess, and 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 saying, you know what, I'm going to try to. I got to still get the message out there. We still got to mm-hmm. talk about this stuff, and uh, and it's kind of then morphed into to what it is now. 2020 was the year of loss. Yeah, for everybody. That's not going to work. <laughs> everybody put their mic cord over the top of there. That's a headphone. Oh, cord. sorry, headphone cord. Just, it's just uh, we're 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 high budget around here. It's uh, we what we need yeah. is that we need a sponsor. We need spon- We need people. We yeah. need sponsor. We need people. Yeah. 
And uh, so if anybody knows anybody who knows anybody. I thought we were sponsored uh, by the Roll Call Room Cafe in Dumfries, yeah, Virginia. Yeah, you know, the problem is uh, he told me a month and a half ago that he was going to send me some coffee. He's and, busy. And that I was going to talk about that coffee. He's busy. And, uh, well, I'm glad I didn't hold my breath. Well, he's making those uh, pastries daily. Well, I've been on his show since. I did mm-hmm. an interview with him and uh, and his wife and then his co-worker, Mike. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that was a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so it must have been a lot. It, it did take... It did take about a month for this package from Blue Help to get here, so now it's here. So maybe, maybe my coffee is lost in the mail. But I'm tired of drinking shitty coffee. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So. Well, Amazon sent me your book uh, two weeks earlier than they said they would originally. Nice. So. Nice. They've uh, they've been on the coffee table gathering dust because I now have uh, I have now have the internet, so I can stream. So I have a whole new broad life of television very good that's uh, opened up very in good in front of me yeah welcome i started watching game of thrones oh now that's never that's, will watch it that's where i am no well good that's yeah that's a bad that's a sad place man that's a Is sad it, place to be I, well i thought that's what everybody talked about all through the no you know in fact i find i find a little bit of thrill when a show like game of thrones or Grey's Anatomy, or mm. The Sopranos. When these shows end, and I have never even watched an episode, I feel good. I feel like I was able to hold out, that I was able to weather the storm, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just not, I'm just not going to do it. You didn't follow the herd. You didn't go with the lemmings off the cliff, and everybody was no. involved in the show. No. In fact, when I hear that shows are that like popular hmm. I, I i i usually it's a it's a turnoff for me hmm yeah okay well now that you've ruined game of thrones for me i'll uh jump me to how it ends uh i don't know how it ends i i got uh about 15 minutes into the first episode and then i had to shut it off because i had to go back and check the score of the game what game uh, the Rams and uh, Seahawks. Are you a fan of either team? Uh, no, I don't care for either team. Oh, well, good. I'm glad you're watching it then. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other stuff that you could be watching. The inside of my eyelids. So how was your week? Um, Yeah. Yeah? Blah? Yeah. Just, you know, just a week. I, uh, I worked. And... Uh, it yeah. is still... We're, we're in January... Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody thought magically that when we rolled into January 1st, 2020, 2021, yeah. that everything was going to be gone. Everything mm-hmm. was going to be fine. We are, we're not. Um, Last March, I was told 14 days. 14 days. We were promised that if we just did this for 14 days, we'd all wear be a mask. Right. It'd all be good. Um, and, and now, you ever seen those videos where somebody puts a rubber band on? on a watermelon a bunch of rubber bands oh yeah yeah, that's what my head is right now i've been putting a rubber band from my knockoff chinese k95 mask and uh it's starting to cut through my skull it's misshaping my head a little bit you know i've noticed it's funny because when i talk to people now and their ears are all dumboed out yeah yeah (laughs) their ears are dumb i i can't uh i i can't concentrate on what they're saying right number one because it's all like this right 
And number two, their ears are uh, dumbo down. Right. I haven't smiled at anybody for 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 nine months. I see. In I, fact, I'm licking the inside of my mask when people are talking to me. <laughs> I forget that uh, people can't see your facial right. expressions. Yeah. So when I say something particularly sarcastic, which is everything you say, uh, mostly. Right. And they they get this real hurt look. Yeah, because you don't on their face. Yeah. And then, so I have to pull my mask down and, and smile right. and, and expose just, them. Yeah, yeah. It's well, yeah. I've I've been exposed. I, it's uh, we're exposed every day. Every I, day that we go to work, I really am having a hard time not jumping into that lake because I really want to say, don't something about the hypocrisy that we're exposed to. Yeah, just leave it be. Yeah, yeah, just leave uh, it be because okay. it because here's the thing it it uh, doesn't change anything for you. It doesn't change anything for me. Uh, when in our profession, in our line of work, um, essential essential workers, yeah, first yeah. responders, we it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what the rules say. It doesn't matter what policies or emails or any of that comes. Out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change. The fact that me and you still have to survive this upcoming shift. That's it. Whether it's a it's a it's a mask or it's not a mask or or there's a gown or not a gown or there's 70 people in a unit or 10 people, it, none of that matters. None of it matters. All that matters is you still have to do the job like you did before COVID, like we're going to still do after COVID. Um, and you have to do it to the best of your ability with the resources that you have at hand at that moment. That's it. Okay. It's just a hat. Okay. So I'll I'll talk about uh, the the medical staff then, hospitals. They're all required to wear the uh, N95. Okay. But yet, everybody around them has a Kleenex over their face. Right. That's just I. I'm having a hard time comprehending why. Certain people are required to wear an N95, and everybody around them is just wearing a Kleenex. Yeah, uh, I think it's the the the, the workers, uh, the people that have long term exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we can't leave our job to to escape the area, um, I think that's why uh, we're we're wearing those masks. Um, the other, the, and, and so if we are wearing them, mm-hmm. that eliminates, uh, that side of the transmission possibility. And then if they're, so if the people wearing the Kleenex, uh, that, that minimizes their risk because we're wearing a mask, but in a hospital setting, they're coming in because they're sick already. So whatever the, the horse has kind of already left the barn on that side. Right. So, um, I, I would think, what? I would think maybe that's it. Okay, but I'm just was thinking about non-sick people. If you're wearing the N95, you're required to wear. One third are required to to wear the N95. Two thirds are wearing Kleenexes. Kleenexes, right? That they've been wearing for weeks. Yeah, I'm. I uh... that they've been hanging off their rearview mirror. <laughs> it's you, been in their ashtray. You've seen my car. Yeah, absolutely. My my mask is in the back back seat of my truck on the floor underneath my work boots mm. so mm. uh so there you go so you don't take your boots in the house no i don't 
Is that a correctional thing? Is that a personal choice? Why, why do you uh, not yeah. bring your boots in the house? Yeah. It actually goes back to my funeral home days. <laughs> Everybody sit down. Bill has a story. No, you know, I know that as a correctional officer, we step in some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And, and the facilities, no matter how much you clean them, uh, they're filthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's just the bottom line. I know that I should always leave my boots outside, um, but I never did. I, I, I kept them, you know, right, right by the door there, mm-hmm. um, but I always wore them in and out. And, but it wasn't until COVID really started kicking up where I said, okay, let's do one extra step and, and one extra level of precaution just because, right? Like, so at yeah. the beginning, nobody knew what they were talking about. Nobody knew what they were doing. We were wearing masks for 14 days. Then they said, don't wear a mask. And then they said, do. And then they said, you know, doctors and nurses are living in tents in their garage. And, and people are like kissing their grandparents through windows. And now we, we, we kind of know that that was maybe not all necessary. But a little over overkill. Some of it, maybe, in certain areas. And, and so I just... Decide to take my boots off. Okay. Yeah. Well, see now. Now that you you said that, I, I'm just wondering if other facilities throughout the world, okay, if officers leave their boots in the locker room or if they take them to the car. Or you hate uh, all the boots in the locker room. Recently, yeah, within the last couple of months, um, everybody is putting their dirty boots on, on top of the lockers, right? And I'm just. Wondering how, uh, if we're supposed to be all PPE conscience and everything, and we are supposed to be limiting exposure, why are people putting their dirty ass boots on top of their locker next to mine? Next to your locker? Yeah. I don't know. Have you asked them? No, because usually I'm one of the last to leave. I don't... uh, Right, you you want everybody to get out of the locker room, and then you go through. No, I just don't rush out the door at five they minutes. Rush. Five minutes before my shift rush is over. Rush out the door. Yeah. Um. You know. I so at the early at the beginning of this, and and this is what I keep trying to tell myself when I start to kind of drift about the less than perfect plan that we've been uh, for living spoon under, fed living <laughs> uh, spork fed and uh. At the beginning of this, the the governor says, he said, look, every layer of protection, every part of this plan is is Swiss cheese. It's got holes in it mm-hmm. everywhere. Yep. Our goal is to layer enough pieces of Swiss cheese to make a solid block of cheese. And, and so that's what these little things are. So when we pick apart, hey, this guy's wearing an N95 and they're wearing Kleenexes, well, that's, that's one part, and then we have the body scanner, and then we have the temperatures, and then we have the dirty boots on the locker, and we have all these things that we're trying to layer, hand sanitizer everywhere, all of this stuff, right? That, I, you know, I guess, I don't know, I guess it's working. When you see, uh, when you go into a public place and you see the hand sanitizer dispenser yeah. there, do you automatically hit it? No, I don't know. I, I don't really wash my hands that much. See, I do. It's I. I don't know why I see. You've been conditioned. No, it's free. 
<laughs> I just I, I take it because it's free. I yeah, just, and then ooh, you look. go to the grapes and you start peeling grapes off the thing and eating them as you're walking through. Doesn't everybody? <laughs> Not since COVID. Oh, yeah. I uh, no. You, you don't know if they're sweet, sour. You you gotta right. You gotta test them and then. They're like Lay's potato chips. You right, know, you got to keep eating them. Yeah, one's sure. not enough. Put them in your pocket, walk around the store, eat them. I I do hand sanitize more than I would like to, yeah. more than I did prior to COVID. I bought, listen, I bought into some of it. I did. Mm-hmm. I really did. And um, and I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever know, like, did all of this stuff work? Did it not work? I, I don't know. I haven't got it yet. Yeah, um, nor I. You know, we're months into this thing. Our opportunity to get the vaccine is, you know, six to eight weeks out um, because they have to vaccinate. They have to vaccinate all of the uh, uh, grocery store workers first, essential employees. All the essential employees got to go and then corrections can get shelf stockers. Right. Are are ahead of correctional staff. Right. And they have to be. They have to be. So so that's where we're at there. So if I can just maintain. Uh, for a little bit longer, hold on just a little bit longer. By the time it's time to mow my yard, <laughs> yeah, that's coming. How to go? What do we say? By the time, uh, by the time we mow our grass, no, no, wear your mask. Wear your mask if you want. If you want to mow, mow your, your grass, grass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's good. I think it's good mantra. I, I, I'm gonna change it to uh, wear your mask. And I'm going to teach my kid to mow the grass. Because I don't think I'm going to mow this summer. I didn't mow last year. Yeah. My uh, my son hit the age. Speaking of which, had a had a nice conversation about death with him today. Nice. Yeah. That's a good father-son conversation. We, uh, yeah, we spent a little time today and we were talking about, it was, it was ironic. Well, the, it turned into, it started out as, uh, what do you want done with your body when you're gone? You were asking him? No, he was talking to me. <laughs> uh, didn't you just turn? Didn't you just have a birthday? I did. I did. <laughs> and would your boy get you funeral arrangements or what? Uh, no. See, and that's what we were talking about. I, I said, uh, don't don't waste your money. Just uh, cremate uh, mason right. jar and and he said, then what? I, it it doesn't matter. I want to be cremated too. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, so he had, so he says, Dad. He said, uh, "How? I mean, how this start? He just said, Dad, what do you want me to do with your body?'" You know, I I don't exactly remember how it started. I know we were just out driving around. We went out looking at vehicles today, and uh, I don't remember exactly how it started, but I know how it how it ended. Right. Probably with you in tears and. No, it it was kind of funny because we were uh, talking about in the impending doom. <laughs> and uh, and I, I said, nobody cares. And, oh, that's what it was. He goes, well, it's your funeral, you know, da-da-da. And I said, ah, I'll probably get five or six people to show up. Right. And he said, really, that's it? And I said, well, it's... That's all we can have, right, because of COVID. Well, it had nothing to do with COVID. Oh. It, it had to do with the camaraderie. And that's where all this went was with the camaraderie. And he said, don't you think people from work will show up? I'll be there. And I said, yeah, five or six. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, I can count on one hand the people that I think will show up. Right. And uh, then he said, well, don't they, don't they do anything? And I said, well, yeah, if you die while you're still working there, right. they give you a plaque. Right. You, a wood block. You get a little three by five. Right. 
that that hangs on the wall, which and, I think is nice, and it is, it's nice, and but but nobody cares. I care. You care, but uh, am I not included in the nobodies? No, well, you're the the five or six that are going to show. Okay, but it was more about what happens when somebody dies in our facility. It's not oh, that's horrible. It's oh, great. Now I got to cover his shift. Right. That's. That's, we actually don't know if the person dies because we don't even realize they're not there. Not for a, at least eight, a nine, week. ten days, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, "Hey, I haven't seen Roland in a week and a half. Where's he at?" Well, fuck, his memorial service was two weeks ago. Why weren't you there? Oh, because I had to work overtime. Oh, right. Great. So now he's not going to cover that mod. That's what that nobody cares if you pass or not. They just want to know. I think that's. I don't. Do think I have true. to work his shift? I don't think that's true. I don't think it's true. Here's why I think people don't have the room to care. I think because right now in the world of corrections, okay, not just our facility, facilities all over the world. Yes. Australia. There's people that, that, that email me from Australia, people that comment from Canada, I mean, Finland, South Africa, right? We are all in a mode right now where it is put your head down and push to your weekend. And try yes. to survive. And that's, that's it. it. That's it. Living under the constant threat of violence, being understaffed, and now you've got this global pandemic that is reaching into the the corners of every single place on the planet Earth, right? There's no respite. There's no relief. There's no, there's no time to just breathe. And, and, and so I don't think it's a matter of we don't care about our coworker. It's just a matter of I'm trying to survive this thing. And we had a, a situation in our facility uh, earlier this week where there were several officers involved in a situation. Two of them had to go out to the hospital and uh, another two had to take the inmate to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So now you have, you're down four mm-hmm. and that's, that's all you heard is, Oh great. Now they're going to order four. not God. I hope that officer's okay. Right. It was, oh, yeah, now we're down four. I, I, got, I got ordered. You know, and then. Because, but that's because all they want to do, all people want to do is go home. That's it. Yeah. That's all they want to do right now. And so you can't, I've read, you know, post after post, and I've I, I, I've seen things where people are like, how do we, how do we raise the morale of of correctional staff? And they have all these plans, and they want to, you know, do all these things. And I say, none of this matters if your people can't go home. If I'm missing my daughter's basketball game, I don't give a fuck about what you do for me inside. If my kids have learned to live without me, mm-hmm. and that's one of the that's one of the, the the chapters in my book, right? The Rocket Man. We talk about that. The family. In that story, Doug, they live to learn, or they learn to live. Yeah, that's right. They learn to live without their father because he's out in outer space. Chapter four. Chapter four. So my kids, my wife, my family has learned to live without their father because I'm working 70 hours a week inside of a correctional facility. I'm no good to them when I'm gone and honestly when I'm there. And so 
the guilt, the anger, the, you know, oh, well, why don't you just quit that? Why don't you quit your job, go work at Frito-Lay? Here's the thing. I'm not going to quit my fucking job. I'm good at what I do. Okay? It's Frito-Olay. Frito-Olay. Why don't you go work at Frito-Olay? If you, if you, like, if you knew what you signed up for, shut up. Okay? This is a really good book. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm distracted because you were talking and I started uh, flipping through this thing. The Nothing That Never Happened. The Nothing That Never Happened. Available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is a really good book. If you go to the Facebook page, you go to Facebook, William Young Author. I know a lot of people are freaking out about Facebook right now. Go to William Young Author. You can go to Twitter, follow me, William Young, 10-9 Podcast, whatever. You can find it. I got links up everywhere. Um, yeah. I, Sorry, I didn't mean to distract you. No, you distracted me. Uh, and the other thing about the, the Facebook thing, how people are freaking out about. Right. It's like being a correctional officer. Don't believe everything you see. Don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you read. Just... Who cares? That's what I say. Who cares? That's that's what I'm saying. Who it's, cares? Uh, you know what I did today? No. I, tell me what you did today. I got off of work this morning. Okay. Oh, I, that's right. You I, did work I last slept night. for two and a half hours. I got up. I coached my daughter's basketball game. They win? In overtime by four points. Nice. Okay. Nice. Hard fought game. Throwing elbows. Yeah, then the refs were calling everything ticky tack foul. I told the ref, I said, you I said, he said, I, I said, come on, man. He goes, Hey, don't come on, you know. And I said, I'm okay, if you're gonna call like that, I'm gonna be all over you then. He goes, No, you ain't gonna be all Yeah, I am, because you know why? Because I'm crazy. That's why. Let him play. Let hey, him play. Hey, Dennis Dennis Rodman. I, the problem is I got three girls on the team that are soccer players. Mm. Okay. What do soccer players do? They run and smash into each other. Mm-hmm. Girls, soccer players are tough. Yeah. Okay. So I got three of them on my team. Anyways, we uh, we hung in there. We won by free throws. My girls hit free throws, which is, I was so happy. So then, so then we won the basketball game. I was on a high. It was awesome. And then I take my my kids, the neighbor kids, to uh, to the haunted museum that's here in town, Museum of Shadows. I and, didn't know uh, there was one. Oh, it was great. And and so we had fun. So I uh, did you take the team out for ice cream? No. You are no. Somebody's probably lactose intolerant, and you can't. You know. You are you are so skeptical. <laughs> That's ice cream does sound really good, though. You should have took them all out for ice cream. Made sure every cone had the nuts whole point. On it. The whole point. You get me distracted. The whole point Sorry. is today. I want to hear more about the haunted museum, but go ahead. I, I'll talk about it. But the, the the thing is, here's that's for me. What's important? The basketball game. The interactions. The, 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 the time with my kids, the time with the other parents, kids, that is what matters. And so then when I get home and I'm sitting on my couch and I'm scrolling through and then I see people, you know, all freaking out, I don't, I don't care about Facebook. I don't care about Parlay or Parler or whatever that other app is. I don't care about Zuckerberg. Uh, I, I just don't care. I find it ironic that you take all these kids out. But yet you have a big, huge sign on your front porch that says no kids allowed. There's a reason for that. Because You I only have like to, certain kids? I have to have boundaries. No, all kids are welcome. Okay. But I have to have boundaries. That that, that notes... It, it, so, here's the thing. You know at your facility 
when uh, somebody does something stupid, they don't go address that one person. No, it's mass. What do they do? Mass punishment. There you go. Mass punishment. They send out an email. Everybody has to read the... So, one kid, one time, uh, what they did is they took some some berries off the tree mm-hmm. and 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 dyed my porch. They just smashed them all across my porch, stained it red. I mean, it took us uh, took us two weeks to get get it off. Um, so it's a house. It's supposed to be lived in. It, I'm I'm not seeing the people from Better Homes and Gardens show up here and. Oh my God, he's got berry no, juice I agree on with his you. porch. I agree hundred percent with you. However, um, they can do the berry juice on their front porch. Big picture, big scheme. Doesn't matter. You're right. Doesn't matter. Berry juice on the porch is not a life or death. Doesn't matter. But what what the the the, the unintended consequence uh, of this whole note thing is the the hilarious. Uh, video doorbell ring ring video doorbells which i'm going to switch from ring to another one because ring sucks is the so they won't be sponsoring the, kid, the no. program well they, if they want to sponsor the program they need to uh well they need to pay and i'll say whatever they want me to say but the motion on that <laughs> you are such a whore it's not good well i'm listen i i just i, I just want money okay um no i'm just kidding no i'm not and but the kid, uh, so the motion sensor on the on the doorbells is not good. It 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 catches people as they're running away from my porch with the packages. I so I need that. I need to be able to see their face. Anyway, so I, I so get, he so he berry juiced your porch. Berry and... juiced my porch, and uh, but now when he comes to the doorbell, uh, I watch him. He he real sneaks up. He sneaks up on the doorbell, punches it. And then runs right and stands like thirty feet from the house. That's what I do. Yeah. No, you I, don't. I have videos of what you do. Prove it. No, I, I want to I, 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 I post them. I want to. Yeah. I see it in a court of law. Yeah. Um, I want to see the signed affidavit on file. So, uh, yeah. So it's it's funny. It's funny watching him um, do that. So instead of ban and barring the one kid, yeah, trespassing. It's, I'm gonna lock him up for trespassing. Instead of just doing the one you mass, I mean, the other here's everybody. the thing: the other kids know who it's for. You're institutionalized. I am, I very much so. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I saw, I watched Shawshank Redemption the other night. Well, I noticed the gun tower that you're building on the roof. For the, for the, I, so I watched Shawshank for the sixth, sixtieth time. Sixtieth, right? easy, an easy sixty, easy sixty. Yeah. Listen to this clip. I want to play this clip. Andy Dufresne. Time passes. 
get so you depend on. You like that? I did. I did like that. First of all, that's a great movie. Shawshank Redemption's great. Very good movie. <laughs> I can't stop watching it. No. I just can't stop watching and it. And you're flipping channels and it's on. It you got I don't care where it is. I stop I start watching at that point. But that so I so that movie came out before I was a correctional officer. And 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 you know, so like I I didn't I, I heard that the first time I watched it, the first thirty times. But it wasn't until I was sitting on my couch the other night and I, when he said, yeah, that's in, you're institutionalized. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. And then he says, these walls, when he talks about the walls, first you hate him, and, and you do hate him. Yeah. When you're inside, you hate him. Yeah. But you know what? There's a certain level of comfort that provide, those walls provide, a, 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 a shelter from, from the rest of the world. That's, yeah. that's a chapter in the book. It's called Jail is Easy. Yeah, it's called jail is easy, and because he says it right here, he says he says, and they're talking about Brooks, um, that got out of jail. Inside, you're you're a superstar, mm-hmm. you're a rock star. People know you, the inmates know you, the officers know you, everybody knows you, and you know exactly what is going to happen when different situations arise. Outside. Not so much so. Nope. Sm- no. Small fish, big pond. Right. And so the and, and so the skills that we learn inside to help us survive. I'm working on a piece right now. I'm working on a video for my YouTube channel, Just Corrections, about hypervigilance. Number four. About hypervigilance versus situational awareness. And that they teach us, mm. okay, they teach us in the academy to be hypervigilant. But they call it situational awareness, and the, it, it very there's a berry, berry there's berries. See, I have the porch. Yeah, there's, there's berries on my porch. There's berry juice everywhere. There's a very there's a very big difference between situational awareness, mm. un, uh, being being aware of what's around you, and being hyper vigilant, which is you're stuck in a mode where you're constantly forecasting. Potential problems that are never going to happen. And that paranoia is controlling your life, is altering the way that you do business inside and out. It has very real effects on your physical well-being and your emotional well-being. It's it's one of the symptoms of, of PTSD. And I'm looking forward to that video because I know that you have discussed the, the hypervigilance quite a bit and the the adrenaline dump and, mm-hmm. and everything that mm-hmm. goes with it. Uh but I never I never put it in the same same zip code with the situational it's awareness. It's the same thing. What is situational awareness? But but you're right. It's situational awareness being aware of your surroundings versus the hypervigilance of anticipation and it's right situational awareness you're inside the housing unit you hear a loud noise you hear some some shoes scuffle you perk up you look mine is the sliding chair right sliding chair you talk, you've talked about that before yeah, because you've been hit with a chair <laughs> yeah sliding but chair but that's every code is the the sliding chair precedes precedes a situation and that's that's just that's my trigger right so sliding chair trigger 
situational awareness inside of a housing unit, sliding chair, you react, boom. You're, you're aware, you're understanding what's going on, okay? Hypervigilance, you're at a restaurant, you hear a chair, you react the same way. Yes. Okay, that's the difference. Okay, there was a great article that I read about hypervigilance talking about, so this guy was a, I don't know what he was, some self-proclaimed fucking self-defense guy or something, but he talked about uh, when he went to lunch and there was a guy that he saw sitting in the corner of the restaurant. The guy had tactical pants on, okay, uh, BDU pants. Uh, he had his boots. Uh, it was an open carry area, so he had open carry on the side. Uh, he had his little uh, little vest on, and uh, he had positioned himself in the corner so he could see everybody. And the guy writing this article got it. He said, no, I, under I understand what he thinks he's doing, but by doing that, he's put himself in a position where his stress level where his paranoia is already elevated because he sat there because he thinks that there's a possibility that he's going to have to react to something at some point during his lunch. But does it, by him sitting there, by him positioning himself there, give him a, a level of calm, a level of situational control? He thinks so. Yes, the guy in yeah. the tactical pants thinks so. Yeah. But what this guy was saying is that there are several tactical errors that this guy was making. Number one, wearing, wear, dressing the way he was dressing, like he was on his way to the range to shoot, draws unwanted attention. Probably more attention than 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 the guy thought he was uh, garnering. And then having an open carry versus a concealed carry. But by wearing the BDUs, now he's he's officer presence. Right, but at that point, he's not an officer. He's sitting out. That guy is probably a corrections officer, by the way. Well, and but he's now he's he's announced to everybody that that he's right because the meth heads that are going to come in and rob that fucking place care that he's sitting there in a, in in tack tack pants, right? Yes so and no. He, so, so, so here's the thing. Okay. Do you like going into crowds of people? Well, me no. Okay. Why? I I just I number one I don't like humanity. Okay. Um, but like you say, you don't control the situation when you're in a crowd like that. You your your bubble has been invaded. You don't have your space. Same thing could be said inside though. And that's why you position yourself away. I, I, uh, I blame it on COVID. That was why I keep my distance from everybody. <laughs> COVID is a very convenient excuse. Listen, I'm going to put out a video on this. It's going to be a scratch the surface, seven minute, sharp cut edit, like I like to do. Mm -hmm. um, You're William Shatner. But we'll do the deep dive uh, on this when it's done. And well, no, because I'm. I want to counterpoint that because I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like this guy being generalized because he's, he's doing okay. open carry and tack pants. Well, I let don't. me do this though. Okay. Let me do this. Um, uh, you're over here. Uh, you decide you're going to go, me and you are going to go and we're going to get some chicken wings. Okay. okay. And we just go get chicken wings. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. 
Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, same scenario, only both of us are carrying now. What okay. goes through your mind when you put your weapon on, when you go outside? Here's the thing. On Is that. it a different thought process when you're carrying a pistol versus not? Yes. Okay. Yes, very much so. But I don't ever carry. I have my CCW. Mm-hmm. I don't ever carry okay. because I don't want to use it. Okay. Because I think that takes, when you carry, that takes one of your avenues away. If you are driving down the interstate, somebody cuts you off, you have a carry. Now, all of a sudden, you're pulling up next to them, waving your gun. Hey, fuck you. (laughs) But if you are defenseless and somebody cuts you off, you're like, eh, well, you know what? I'm not going to engage today because I don't know what that guy, you know what I'm saying? You, it, when you carry, that takes away one of your avenues of communication Mm -hmm. because now all of a sudden you're John Wayne. Because you know that you have that weapon with you, and now you can be Joe Tough Guy. Just my my opinion. No, I like it. I, like, I mean, that makes sense. But Well, and that's what has always bothered me about my spouse. I never wanted her to get her carry, concealed carry, because when, a lot of people, when they get their concealed carry, they feel now that that gives them more... I don't want to say a right, but more of a privilege of they can be more aggressive. So let me read you what this says about hypervigilance. Hypervigilance is a state of increased alertness. Okay? Mm-hmm. Sounds like situational awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. No. No? It doesn't? No. no. A state of increased alertness? What's situational awareness? I don't think that situational awareness, I don't think you have to be in a hypervigilant state to be aware of your surroundings. You had an example of somebody driving through your neighborhood vehicle you didn't recognize. Mm-hmm. Situational awareness, you you notice them. Hypervigilance is you're chasing them down the street trying to get their license number. No, listen, this says hypervigilance is a state of increased alertness. If you're in a state of hypervigilance, you're extremely sensitive to your surroundings. It can make you feel like you're alert to hidden dangers, whether from other people or the environment, often, though, these dangers are not real. Hmm. Okay. I'm outside. I'm washing my truck. Mm -hmm. Here comes a strange truck around the corner. I'm situationally aware, Mm -hmm. which I shouldn't be because I'm not at work. You know, whatever. People are, oh, yeah, you do. You got to watch your back. I live in a very safe neighborhood. Here comes this truck. They stop. Okay. Okay. That's where your situational awareness stops. Your hypervigilance starts. No, my hypervigilance starts when I see that vehicle. Because I don't just say, oh, there's a truck I don't recognize. I say, what the fuck is that? Who is that? What's going on? What are they doing here? Why aren't they on the other side of the street? There's no reason for them to be here. Did they follow me home? Is this an inmate? What is this? So then the truck stops. And I hear somebody say, Young! And now I'm like, It's an inmate. Nobody refers to me by my last name in this neighborhood. Correct. It's an inmate, and I'm going to have to shoot this truck. Right? 
oh my God, here we go. Are they are they coming to kill me? Is this a home invasion? What's going on? But I'm running through scenarios in my brain. You know who it was? It was an ex coworker who was picking up furniture from my neighbor. You know what I mean? You overreacted. Often these dangers are not real. Can I talk about a chapter in my book again? Everybody sit down. Bill has a story. There's a chapter in my book called I Almost Shot Harry Potter. I think that it's is chapter, chapter three. Oh, man. I was going to say eight. I was so close. No, it's not chapter eight. What is chapter eight? Oh, Go to the table of contents. I, I will once I put my Somebody asked on. me the other day. Somebody told me. They said, here, there was a, I talked to a coworker last night. She says, I love your new book. She said, page 19. Listen, she says, page 19. Harry Potter's number the second, because I don't count the introduction. I, oh, okay. All right. She said. Um, I'm no good with people anymore. I, I love your, she says, I, lo- I love your book. Page 19, chapter two. Wow. And I'm like, uh, what? The, page 19, chapter two. What is that? I you, forgot all about it. You said this was a coworker? Yeah. So I pulled it out. I looked at it. I read it. And uh, see, it says, see you, uh, chapter, or paragraph, what I say? Paragraph two. Yeah, page 19. Um, second paragraph. No, she says, so second, so she says, uh, yeah, this is what it is. See, you all, see, you all think you got this thing licked and that this job, those walls don't affect you. But what you need to remember is that the correctional profession doesn't affect us all in an, in an all or nothing manner. Just because you're not sitting in the garage with your revolver counting the reasons that you have not to blow your brains out, doesn't mean this profession has not affected you. Agreed. And we talked about that a few shows ago where I had a conversation with a sergeant where he said this job hasn't affected him. And then I go on to say, it says, look, the little things add up. It's a million little cracks, tiny chips that add up over a long period of time that become too much to handle. Certain behaviors like sitting with your back against the wall in public, staying away from large crowds of people, carrying a gun everywhere you go, and mowing your grass with a bulletproof vest are all side effects of the job. Bankers don't behave that way. Mechanics don't behave that way. Shit, I don't even know if cops behave that way. That's hypervigilance. Yeah. But hypervigilance I- can be a, a symptom of a mental health condition, including anxiety, schizophrenia, post-traumatic stress disorder. 33 percent 31 to 35%, 33% correctional officers have diagnosable symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. How many? 30 somewhere between 31 and 35% depending mm. on mm. I'm saying diagnosable. Right. Okay. I'm going to say it's higher. Well, much, it's much absolutely higher. higher. But but sitting down in front of some guy who went to school and he's got a little turtleneck sweater on actually diagnosing you is what we're talking about here. I think if you went through our staff and sat down, well, you know what? I'm not even going to say our staff. I think if you sat down with in any facility and interviewed each and every one, I, I'm, I would say 80 to 90%. All right. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Here's some symptoms of higher of hypervigilance. Okay. Do you have anxiety? Doesn't everybody? 
Uh, do you sometimes worry about what may or may not happen? Oh, everybody, yes. Do you get in certain situations where you panic that you may not do the right thing? Wait a minute, go back. To what? The the first, the one you just said. Fear. The anxiety. Yeah. Do you it, have anxiety? It. You start feeling it. Right, The it. night before your yeah. shift. No, you're right. And that's a chapter. You're right. In my In my first book, When Home Becomes a Housing Unit, that was actually my first article published and it was it was it was published and then it was picked up by corrections one and and they published it and and i was reading i I, i'm glad you brought let me let me this is how this is how out of touch the 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 quote-unquote experts are okay so when somebody asks me like what what did you do to research for this book i say i don't know i fucking lived it right (laughs) so i've been researching my own life for the last 20 years that's what i've been doing Okay. Um, I can't, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to find this, but what it basically, I, I looked, I relooked at the title that they used when they, uh, published my story and see corrections com likes to have a very neat and tidy. Hey, if this happens to you do X, Y, Z and you'll be fine. And so I looked mm-hmm. at it. It was like the burdens of, of a correctional officer or how to, how to lessen the bird, how to lessen the stress of being a correctional officer in three easy steps. And, and, and I saw that and I was, uh, you know, at the time corrections one, a lot of people are familiar with it. They go to it. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, there was, I was writing for other uh, newsletters I apologize for my dogs barking you, in the background. You think Apparently it's the there's gospel. Some, there's some armed intruder downstairs. <laughs> um, well, hopefully my 12-year-old daughter will handle it. Um, you think that it, you think it's, yeah, you think it's the gospel. You think yeah. that if it's on Corrections 1. That it's. But what you don't understand is that the people that are putting articles up on Corrections 1 have nothing to do with Corrections. So that that that's fun for you to look into if you decide to look into that. Um Three easy steps, right? Hang on a second. You're, you're losing focus because you were going down the list of uh, the uh, postmortem or whatever that was that you were. What postmortem? What? I I lost my train of thought. Your situational oh, awareness. You, uh, you you got me off. Uh, you got me off track. I do that. You know what? And and I want to apologize because I keep talking about book one, book two, but they're they're excellent reference material. That's that's all I had to say about that. No, go back to your anxiety thing. Gee, I am very tired. How tired are you? Very tired. I've been working a lot of overtime, and it is making me very tired. You, my friend, need some sleep. No, I will sleep when I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) What I need is a good cup of freshly roasted gourmet coffee. Freshly roasted gourmet coffee, you say? Yes. Do you know where I could get a cup of freshly roasted gourmet coffee? I do. Where? The Roll Call Room Cafe. The Roll Call Room Cafe? The Roll Call Room Cafe. It's located at 17229 Wayside Drive in Dumfries, Virginia. 
The Roll Call Room Cafe uses only the finest premium gourmet beans, and unlike national chains, the Roll Call Room Cafe imports, roasts, grinds, and packages their coffee on site. Sounds delicious, Roland. It is. But Roland, I'm in Nebraska. No problem there. You can order their coffee online at www.rollcallroomcafe.com. Rollcallroomcafe.com? Rollcallroomcafe.com. All right, we're back. You were saying? Uh, Yes, I was. What was I talking about? Rambling? Oh, you were uh, talking about... The symptoms. The symptoms, yes. PTSD. Yeah. Anxiety, fear, panic, worrying that can become persistent. You may fear judgment from others or judge others extremely harshly. Does that sound like uh, what we do as correctional staff? We judge others extremely harshly. This may develop into black and white thinking in which you find things either absolutely right or absolutely left. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Absolutely right or absolutely wrong. I Yes, I'm, I'm going to agree with that. I never realized that I did that uh, until recently. But until today? Five minutes ago? Oh, no. Five no. minutes ago? I've, I've uh, been working on this self-awareness thing for a while <laughs> okay. now. And no, it's it's my opinion is right, and others people are stupid. And and I wanted to mention this to you that I never realized how stupid people were until they opened their mouths. Well, I'm gl- that's good. I'm glad you're work. I, I see you are making progress on your I'm, on your judging others extremely harshly. We uh, we as staff do that to each other uh, quite a bit. Oh, called in sick on on his Friday. Yeah, I, uh, he was. Yeah, yeah, fucking uh, payday Friday. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. You know what yeah. it is though. Hmm. Most of the time, that's true. Good, good for them. Calling sick on Friday. Calling sick on pay. You know what? You know what? I, I I got a sick counseling one time. But but do we have to bash them for doing it? No. You know why though? Because we don't want to be there, and we're mad that they're not there. We're jealousy. Yeah, I agree. I got a sick counseling one time several years ago, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, I <laughs> I I called in sick one day. And then four months later, I called in sick on the same day of the week, right? Mm-hmm. And so they asked me what, what happened, right, in that, in that moment. I said, well, between this date here and this date here, I worked 470 hours overtime. That's what happened. It was fucking tired. Well, we can't put tired on there. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it is. Worn out, exhausted. I'm... Uh... I got one of those counselings, and it's funny because as I was writing my response, yeah, uh, the supervisor who was giving me the counselling, yeah, took it away from me, right, <laughs> and said, uh, "You've got yourself in enough trouble. Uh, I'm just going to go uh, ahead and stop you right, right there." Right. Nice. Yeah, because I, uh, I, uh, what are you going to do to resolve this situation? I will try not to get sick anymore. All right. So we've checked off judging others harshly. Yes. Black and white thinking, absolutely right, absolutely long, wrong. Yes. You also may become emotionally withdrawn. Mm-hmm. Is that sound like correctional <laughs> officers? 
Yeah, because I don't care about you. Don't your give death, a fuck. Nothing. Nothing. That's, uh, I have to say that I haven't cussed a lot this episode so far, but but one of our yes, coworkers. Yes, you have. One, I have? <laughs> yes, you I have. don't even notice I'm doing it yeah, anymore. Yeah. One of my coworkers, uh, one of our coworkers mentioned, he goes, I listen to your podcast. He goes, man, you say the F word a lot. Mm-hmm. I say, yeah. I'm you sorry. Do. I get excited and I just, it, it comes out of my mouth. Emotionally withdrawn. Mood swings and outbursts of emotion. Yes. Do you ever have outbursts? Oh, yes. Yeah. Like yeah. fist through a wall outbursts? Um, No, but I did make a chapter in your book. The first book. You made one? Yeah. Which one is that? I, I don't want to divulge. Me, oh, you don't want to divulge? You, you know. Yeah. Yeah. In your first book, I made a... I, I gave you a story and you made it into a chapter right. in the book. Right. So there was, it is, uh, everybody. He's the six reasons guy. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, as a matter, I don't. As a matter of fact, that's what I, we're doing after I, this podcast. I don't want to say that what I was doing when you called and said come over, but yeah. <laughs> you you well, you didn't have pants on, so I don't know what I I had to. You were counting something. I had I had to put <laughs> pants on to, to to come over here. It was it's been a long day of outbursts of emotion. Yes. That's bullshit. Mental symptoms of hypervigilant can include paranoia. Mm. This can be accompanied. What do you mean? Uh, I don't have paranoia. Bullshit. You're not paranoid. I'm not. Are you kidding me? (laughs) At what point do you think I'm paranoid? I, I think that if your head is on a swivel everywhere you go. It's not though. You told me the other day that you are constantly, constantly waiting for something to happen. In the housing unit. Outside, you said. I don't recall this conversation. Okay. Redacted. Uh, it's been redacted. I don't, uh, because when you when you talk about that uh, not being able to sit with your back to the door right. at a restaurant, I right. do all the time. You do? Yeah. I It, it doesn't... Uh, Whatever, dude. No, seriously. <laughs> Whatever, you don't fucking shit. It's, I don't, and, and my... Uh, my, see, see what I'm talking about? This job didn't fucking affect me. Oh, I'm not going to say it this hasn't guy writes affected two, me. This guy never wrote, worked a housing unit, wrote two books about it. It's bullshit. You I did, love this job. You did spend a lot of time on sanitation. Um, no, I, I don't. Uh, when I go into a restaurant, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't worry about it. Yeah, I think that's because you're on a, 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 a death mission. No, I think the odds of being gunned down in a restaurant are. Uh, I'm more likely to hit the lottery before that but happens. You, but you have other symptoms. Mm-hmm. And that's the mm-hmm. thing. It, it's mm-hmm. not so. And that's, here's my here's my whole entire issue. Here's my problem. People. I don't recall saying my head was on the It's just like, well, no, I mean, I used. I don't know, recall that conversation. Words. Well, it is. You, you said that you are. I don't remember the exact thing, but you said you are uh, constantly forecasting uh problems you're you're trying to you're trying to be one step ahead of people no that wasn't me yeah it was you you've got me confused no it was you no you're the only one i talked to no you You and my wife and my uh, wife doesn't talk about hypervigilance no you were no you talked to other people maybe i was talking to myself i do like to uh i do like to talk to myself yeah are you waiting for me to disagree I'll disagree with myself. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so paranoia. This see, and this is the thing, right? We 
call this situational awareness. We call this officer safety. When does officer safety cross into hypervigilance paranoia? It's a good question. Carrying a gun everywhere you go. I don't do that. I'm not saying you. You have the benefit of knowing me. And, and, and you and, don't and, do that. Huh? I'm carrying a gun right now. That's what you're calling it now? <laughs> I'm strapped right now. No, I actually have this pin, and the pin is mightier than the sword. Yeah. And, and, if you, uh, uh, and the sword. If you stab me in the neck with that, I'm I'm going to be disappointed. That's how it starts. That's what I... Whenever I see an inmate with a, a contraband pen, I please don't stab me in the neck with that. Right. That's uh, going to be a bad day. You know what I like about you? Here's the thing that, okay, so some of these things you say, no, that's not me. But what you also don't do, what some people do do, then, and this is what pisses me off, is they mock other people. They judge other people. They, they, they. Oh, I do they, that. Well, yeah, but you, not for their. Uh, not for their <sighs> mental symptoms. No, I, uh, no, I don't. Do I... you sleep well? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember this conversation? <laughs> I, I, uh, I medicate. So I, I sleep through medication. If you fear salt or danger, for example, you may start carrying a concealed weapon. If you have no. severe social anxiety, you may rely on not participating in events. These result in social isolation and damaged relationships. See, now that one, uh, I there was a, a Facebook post today that uh, a lot of people were gathering and going out. and uh, Good for them. They're not supposed to be doing that right now. Well, they were masking up. So it's, oh. it's okay. Are they going to spend Christmas with their family? Uh, nobody gets to spend Christmas with okay. their family. All but right. but I just I I looked at the the people that were invited, and I looked at the uh, the friends of the yeah. the, the people that, and I was. You weren't there. No, I wasn't. But there were some of the people that were going out were friends with some of my friends, and I was thinking that's. Uh, well, it was part of that. I don't. Some of the common triggers that can continue that, that that cause or contribute to hypervigilance. Okay, common triggers. Okay. Okay. I want you to say yay or nay if you've experienced these triggers. Okay. Are you Maybe. ready? Maybe. Ready? Yay or nay? Okay. Feeling trapped or claustrophobic? I, yeah. Feeling uh, abandoned or lonely? No. Hearing loud noises, especially. If they're sudden or emotionally charged, which include yelling, arguments, or sudden bangs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anticipating fear, pain, or judgment. No. No? Because I don't care. Do you not care? I, I, I don't care what people think. Feeling judged or unwelcomed. Yes. Feeling physical pain. No. You're not in any kind of physical pain? No. It's because it's because your meds. Yeah. Feeling emotional distress. I, uh, you gotta define that. Being reminded of past traumas, and being around random or chaotic behaviors of others. Do, do, uh, do I react to those? those? No, no, or, no, no. Are those are those in your life? 
are, are these things that you're around being around random chaotic behavior I work in a jail it's okay uh have you experienced trauma oh yeah or do you ever think about that trauma oh yeah okay do you feel um that they care about you being there no okay very good are you uh in tip-top shape and health and never have any creaks or cracks. <laughs> That's why I gave him the 2X shirt. Yeah, yeah, I'm tip top, all right. Yeah. So that's what it is, man. That's the, so I'm working on the video and and So but I I walked into an office and and this has happened I'm sure to you and it's happened to everybody. You're walking towards the office, you hear the <laughs> <laughs> And you walk in and people stop talking. Shh. And then, so I usually get whatever I need and I walk right. out and I, you know, fuck you people. Uh, see, now you got me cussing. Right. And, and, uh, and the punch in your mic. Yeah, your mic didn't do anything to you. I, I'm getting wound up. <laughs> I'm getting fired up now, damn it. Out, outburst. What? Sorry. I apologize to everybody. I had turned down for that. So people who suffer prolonged exposure to abuse or incidents of significant trauma may suffer hypervigilance as a symptom of PTSD. Mm, I think it's the other way Hyper-vigilance around. Hypervigilance may feel like what do you what do you mean? The I think, you're not a PhD. Uh, you're, you're and I'm yeah. Nor let I, me yeah. see if the person who wrote this is PhD. I, I barely got out of high school. Therapist. I think the, that's that switch though. You said whatever causes hypervigilance. I think hypervigilance causes hypervigilance. Whatever you It's were a symptom about. of PTSD. So if you went to go get diagnosed, they'd ask you about hypervigilance. You're hypervigilant. We all are. We call it situational awareness. We call it officer safety. That's what we do. I don't see, and I just, I don't think that the hypervigilance and, and situational awareness, I, I don't see them as the same. I really don't. I think they they're, can. They're, you're right. They're not the same. I think they can merge, but I don't think. They're two very distinct two very different things concepts right what they teach us what they tell us that they're teaching us is to be situationally aware right and then they say the reason you have to be situationally aware is because everybody's trying to kill you is because if if you let an inmate walk behind your back they're going to take your back and kill you because people get killed in this business because you're outnumbered all the time, every day, right? I mean, those are the things that they say. So, so now here's my here's let's prove the point right now. Are there? Do we have certain units? And and you guys can answer this at your facility too. Do you have certain units that have a reputation? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. That have a reputation for for being rowdy, for being rough, for being yeah. being dangerous. Okay. Right. As an officer, now you're going to have to be honest with yourself here for a second. So you guys are going to have to, you know, pause your MMA match that you're watching, right? Just quit cleaning your gun for a second. Put down your energy drink. Put down your energy drink, right? Because it's tearing up your heart. You have to be honest with yourself. Do you feel differently about going into one of those units versus going into a quote a programs unit? No, I treat every I treat every uh, housing unit just the same, and I treat every inmate just the same, mm. like they're trying to kill me. Mm. Bullshit. If I'm assigned to a dorm unit versus a celled unit, I go into the dorm unit thinking 
I, I got an Everybody's easy... going to kill you. No, I think I got an easy night. I'm going to skate through this. If I You're go complacent. In... That's complacency. Oh, okay. Okay. But but cell unit, I am more hypervigilant. I have more situational awareness. I No, I don't. Uh... I caught an officer. I was working in the control room the other day, and I caught an officer going into. So I scrolled through the cameras. You know, you catch them like before they go. The guy was leaning up the door frame and, and before I click, I clicked the intercom on and before I answered him, I heard this. He was going into one of those units. Mm -hmm. He was, he was ex, he was taking a breath. Mm -hmm. Okay. I got to go in here. Yeah. That causes hypervigilance that saying, Hey, this unit is more dangerous than that unit. This inmate is more dangerous than that inmate. This, uh, you know, th- although we should, we should, and I'm joking a little bit, I'm being a little flip here, guys, so just f- just relax a little bit, okay? I don't want no angry emails from anybody. We should always be aware of what's going on. We should always, mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, be proactive. We should always know, we should always be aware of our surroundings. However... That we know the difference between dealing with an inmate that has assaulted staff. That that's why I made that video about not looking at the charges of the inmates, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it can change the way that you view the situation that you're going into. Okay, so mm-hmm. for example, Correct. okay, we had a we had a back in two. When was that? When was that mall shooting here? Two thousand seven. Yeah, well, it's ten years. They just had the ten year. Oh, so whatever that is, going to a mall prior to that versus Christmas shopping three weeks after that. What do you think? My I, I, already being a correctional officer, but now I'm in a packed hallway of a mall with hundreds of people walking, around, and I'm like, these guys are fucking sitting ducks. Here, this is, and I, and I was thinking, I was hypervigilant. I was, I was worried about it happening again. Because in my world, that shit happens, right? And then it really did happen. Probably nobody else in the mall is thinking about this. They're getting their shopping. They're focused on other things. I, my heart's racing. My pulse is going because I... Am, am, am looking for the exits and the entrances and who looks like a threat and who doesn't look like a threat. And my wife's like, well, do you want to get him uh, two pairs of socks for a stocking or just one? And I, and I can't think about that. I can't focus because I, I'm trying to find the one guy out of a thousand that, that may be a mall shooter again. That's hypervigilance. Yeah. You got to do that, but you got to neutralize threat. I, but see, it's hard for me to relate to any of that because I don't think I've been in in a mall in 15 years. I could have swore we just had a conversation about you not wanting to be somewhere because you were looking at all the things that were going to, was I talking to myself? You weren't talking to me. That was not me, but you work in the control room with a lot of other people. I don't, uh, why? I mean, I, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere and nowhere, like the wind. I'm just, I'm just doing things. I'm just having a com. That's the best part of this whole deal is just, is just talking to people. Yeah, I don't do that. So I'm gonna, I'm working on that video. 
hypervigilance for situational awareness. Send me an email. Send me a message. I don't care. What do you think? Do we, are we teaching the wrong thing? Are we, because here's, here's my thing. Here's my concern. We are teaching officers to survive inside of a correctional facility, but what we're not teaching them is how to survive after outside of a correctional facility. After they get off a shift, after they've been submerged in this environment for 8, 12, 16 hours for weeks and weeks and weeks and years and years and years, how do you survive outside? When situational awareness has become hypervigilance, when, when, when you do have diagnosable PTSD, when the job has completely destroyed your outlook on the public, on people, how do you, how do you function? How do you function as a, as a, as a, as a productive member of society? Can you do it? And I was, while you were talking, I was just, I was trying to go through, you know, I can't walk side by side with anybody. You got to escort them. I, I have to be two and a half. You have to escort them. I have to be two yeah. and a half. Yeah. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't walk side by side with anybody. Which is funny because all of the, all of the officers that I'm sure you guys all, uh, if you, you guys are familiar with two and a half. You see people walking in the hallway and they're not, they're side by side all the time. But, I can't do it. But probably those same people outside of work do do two and a half, but inside. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. And with the cup of coffee in their hand. But you're right. That's it. But that's yeah. a, that's a great example. That is a, that is a symptom of this profession. Yeah. You don't like to get another job. Why don't you get another job, Roland? You want to walk side by side with your wife? You get another job. Well, you know, that's, uh, and your last commercial break there, I, uh, I was thinking, I, I, I'm done. I, I don't want to work there anymore. You go to Frito Olay. They're every, hiring. Every time I talk to you, I don't, I don't want to go to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the purpose of what I'm of, of what we're trying to do. Here. No, but you you opened my eyes to how much I hate my life, and I just don't want to go to work anymore. <sighs> you know, and I, it's it's not. I don't know that it's. I don't want to go work in the facility, or I, I just don't want to work anymore. What was that movie? That Office Space. He's just like, ah, I just don't want to go to work anymore. Yeah. That's uh I got better things to do, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's not the goal. The goal is to provide you with some information to help you manage the symptoms so you can have a longer, healthier career. Right. But I live my life under the ignorance is bliss policy. Okay. Which makes me the happiest guy on the planet. But are, then are you though? Well, apparently not, because every time I sit across from you <laughs> You bring up all this stuff, and I then I have to start thinking. Well, oh man, I I am messed up. Well, shit. I guess I'll just, uh, I'll just take my my scope and I'll go sit on my my deck and I'll look over the parking lot and just put people in the crosshairs and just dream. Uh, yikes. Well, that's what you do to me. And I and I'll put their their little heads in the crosshairs, and I'll think this would be just like Bill wrapping those rubber bands around the watermelon, right? Which is my KN95 mask from Taiwan, from Wuhan. You know they make those masks right next to the building they made the virus in. 
Yeah, there was a lot of information that came out and uh, why we were so short on PPE because mm-hmm. China makes 90% of the... China. China. You like that? China. They make 90% of the PPE right. things for the world. And since... I think there's your answer right there. Well, yeah, release the virus and then we're going to make money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Take that tariff nation. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. I I wear my unauthorized gator every day, so you do. You shouldn't though. It's a Kleenex. Yeah. I wear my uh, N95. Yeah. Gator over top. Yeah. My gator that I got from Guardian, which is awesome. And I uh, and I enjoy the people that wear their safety goggles on their forehead. What size sweatshirt do you wear? Uh, fat. Two X, three X. Just an XL. Thank uh, you. I don't. I don't have. People send me things that are fat guy size. Well, 2X then. That's all. all. I, I have a 3X. You know, I'll cut the sleeves off and look like uh, that guy from New England and I'll wear it. I'm feeling generous tonight. Here, try this. Try this off. Uh, but anyway, we were talking about uh, China and the PPE. And I'll just carry the show for a moment while he's digging through. Oh, another hoodie. Try that on. I, you know what? Now I do like that. Who'd this one come from? Guardian, Guardian RFID. Try it on, man. This, uh, I, Guardian. I... I'll talk while you try it on. We, I so Guardian RFID sent me this awesome box, and, uh, and, and, and a fantastic hoodie. I have a hoodie, and it's great. And uh, and I'm gonna see if Roland can fit into this hoodie here. He had a, he had trouble getting up. That's a physical pain we were talking about. Um, it shrinks a little bit. It'll shrink a little bit. This is, this is, you'll be able to carry your pistol. And, uh, I think that fits. I think that's going to fit, dude. What do you think? That's comfortable. It's yours. Uh, can you post a picture of me wearing it? Yep. Yep. Get, uh, get situated. Here, wait a minute. Let me, uh, let me look all radio professional. Get situated. Okay, here we go. There we go. There was no flash, but wait, we're not done. We don't need a flash. Okay, wait. You gotta get the. Got it. I, uh, Got it. You know what? Shout out to you. Gl- you're glad you came over tonight. I am. I'm, uh. This is, uh. Yeah, it's got the tags on it still and everything. This is, uh. Yeah, this is like Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you better uh, uh, pump Guardian up a little bit because I really like this. Guardian RFID is uh, is a company that probably most correctional officers aren't gonna aren't gonna understand or appreciate. They do the uh, they sell. Uh, I, I guess their primary product is the is uh, you know being able to uh, track rounds and uh, you know do count things like that. And, uh, but what they do, I don't, I, you know, that's all good stuff, but, but, uh, what, what I really care about what they do is they have a YouTube channel, Guardian RFID, and they're on Twitter and they're everywhere and they're promoting the mental health and emotional well-being of correctional officers, supporting people like myself, supporting other people that are out there, putting themselves out there that are, that are trying to provide content and get messages out to other correctional officers and they do a great job they are super supportive of what we do they they share my tweets they share my videos 
Um, they're fantastic. Uh, Greg Piper, I've been on a couple videos with Greg Piper on Tear Talk um, with Anthony. And um, I had Jeff Jackson. He's he's one of Guardian RFID's guys. I had him on the Saturday Night Synopsis a few months back. And, uh, yeah, they, they have. So the beautiful thing is uh, they have, uh, they have our back correctional officers. It's not like an afterthought. They're not like, Hey, we're going to support, uh, all of these other people out here, but their, their focus is, Hey, we got to keep, we got to keep our staff healthy, both emotionally and physically. And, and how do we do that? And they're putting, they're literally putting their money where their mouth is on this one. So I appreciate what they do. Uh, it's awesome. And, uh, where, where are they based out of, you know, I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're everywhere and nowhere like me. Hmm. I can do, uh, I can look here. This is the, the official home of warriors guardian RFID. Let's go. What do they do? Products, hardware, software, inmate identification overview, and, 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 and they have a, it looks like they have a blog. Uh, gar- so they're a correctional uh, supplier. Correctional supplier, guardian RFID, headcounts, cell checks. But, the, but like I said, their main, their main focus is uh, keeping correctional officers healthy, safe. That includes m- mental, emotionally, mentally, emotionally. The, the mental well-being. Right. So so while you are in your facility and you're using these trackers and they're scanning and you're bitching about, you know, oh, they're just doing this to watch us, blah, blah, blah. Keep in mind that the company that is providing this truly, genuinely cares about correctional staff and you making it home safe uh, to your family. So, yeah, Guardian RFID... Um, I'm sorry I can't do a whole plug for their product. That's for administrators to go to fancy conferences and learn about that. We talk to line staff. All you need to know is that Guardian RFID has your back. And uh, Well, I tell you what, their, yeah. their swag is uh, super comfortable. Very nice. Super comfortable. Very nice. They sent me a challenge coin, too. Uh, it's awesome. I had to earn mine. Your challenge coin? Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I earned mine. No, I think uh, yours are just uh, little uh, token gifts that uh, tokens. No, there. I mean, I uh, I've done some videos for Guardian. Yeah, and it's uh, here, here, boy, here. Here's a nice little go shiny object. Go play in the corner. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what it, I've written two books mm-hmm. about it. I've done I've done countless interviews, countless videos. You know, maybe in your third book you could uh, give them a little a page of acknowledgement. Are they going to sponsor me? I think they give you nice swag. I'm uh, I'm my I'm Jerry Maguire now. Nah, it was the guy that Jerry worked. Yeah, you were a little slow on that. I was waiting for you to call me out on that. I purposely yeah. did it so you could call me call me out. It's no, Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, awesome actor. But what was his character's hey, name? Fuck, I don't know. You know when yeah. the last time I saw Jerry Maguire is? Show me the money. 1995. You know. Show me the money, Jerry. I'm glad. Show you, me the uh, money. I'm glad you brought up 1995. Why? Because um, the Radiohead came out in the 90s. When I first saw you, 
and you're a big radio head. Couldn't look you in the eye. But see, something happened, and I'm not sure what, what it was. Because you were just like an angel. 1996, Jerry Maguire came out. I uh, Skin makes me cry. I've been watching a lot of those documentaries on the decades. Float like a feather. Um, yeah, go ahead. I just... I missed the 90s. I don't know where I was for that. Rod decade. Tidwell was his name. Rod Tidwell. Tidwell. There okay. you go. I missed the 90s too. No, I mean, I don't recall any of the 90s. <laughs> oh, well, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I, I, I know. You don't want to go back and live in the 90s. I don't I don't remember I don't remember anything from the 90s. Uh, that's because um, you uh, you weren't a Limp Biscuit fan. And if you were a Limp Biscuit fan, you would no. There was a whole a whole lot of stuff went on. Uh, Mike Tyson was big in the nineties. Jerry Maguire came out in the nineties. I and phew. yeah, I I didn't know about the whole uh, Tyson Holyfield thing. Bit his ear. Yeah, I oblivious. I don't. Uh, yeah. Uh, apparently, the Chicago Bulls were pretty big at that time. Huge. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah. You know why I was never a fan of the Chicago Bulls? Because hmm. everybody was. Yeah, they were that good. Well, I mean, it was just like Game of Thrones. Well, yeah, and I'm going to agree with that. It's uh, I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were good for quite a run. Right. In the 40s, when you were in school watching uh, football, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were good. There was only three teams, though, back then. Right, I mean that's when when people seventeen title. Yeah, there was only two teams. You know, I I hate you. Why? Why? I mean, I I know there's probably we could do a whole show on why you hate number four. Number in this in this video, I'll give you five reasons I hate hanging out with William Young. Number one, he makes me old. Number two, makes me realize that I'm emotionally fragile. Number three. He's a douche. <laughs> and that's all we got time for tonight. <laughs> Hello, effers. Hello. <laughs> that uh, ah. that was probably the, the best intro I ever made into a room. That's right. That's right. Well, it, good, good. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Um to the to the uh to the to the fans, to the friends, to the yeah, I think we should start an online position. Posi online position. An online position. Okay. I think you should bring the, the Saturday night synopsis back. Okay. Or, if you don't, uh, I think people miss uh, a lot of your interviews mm -hmm. that you did. Okay. And I, you know. If, Do you want me to interview you? Next week I'll interview no, you. No, I'm not. Huh? Uh, I'm not worthy. Do we need to call somebody and interview him? Is that what well, you want? Well, and that's what uh, if you're Who not you going. Can you slow down? Sorry. If you're not going to do the synopsis, Who do you at, want? at least take a 15 little minute segment of this show that you never want to do anymore, and <laughs> and just interview somebody. Who do you want? Oh, well, somebody from Guardians. Uh, somebody from the uh... Blue Help. Blue Hill. Okay. I because I think people enjoyed those. It I you didn't get the feedback that you wanted, but I think they reached a, a, a segment of people that need to be reached. So I think you should uh either 
Well, you know what? You do your little five-minute thing videos, so that's uh, that's good. Never mind. That's the attention span. That's all the people can stand of me is uh, is three minutes at a time. Well, and then, then uh, why have we been babbling for two hours? <laughs> I don't know because you're you can't run away. I mean, I don't know. I well, I have nothing to do. From I mean, I'm gonna go home and make popcorn or something. I, I don't nice. know what I'm. I don't eat popcorn. I just made that up. I'll take it into consideration. I I think um, I, I I. Okay, okay. He's in his phone. Okay. He's in his phone. Okay. No, I was just checking scores because. I, uh, right, because you have money on the horses or something. Well, yeah. I, My team didn't make it to the playoffs, so I don't care. I mean, I just don't. I just don't care. They. Uh, they it's f- like it's like being in an abusive relationship and watching the couple across the street have lunch on their front lawn. They fired picnic. John Elway. He stepped down. They fired John Elway. He. he uh, he's he's still going to be involved. Uh, he just stepped down. They fired John Elway. Stop. Yeah, the, the, it's okay. The guy that won him a Super Bowl. It's the, okay. The guy that brought in Manning to give him another Super right, Bowl. Right. And is this another podcast or what? Well, no. Are we going to do? Are we going to do a sports podcast? No, yet? it's the "What have you done for me lately?" and they kick him to the curb. Right. And it's just. Uh, it's cancel culture, man. John Elway's the 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 latest casualty in the cancel culture. You brought up your team. The cancerous uh, cancel culture. I didn't say the name of the team. No, but you said the name of I the know team. I know your team didn't make it so you don't care, but and I just wanted to throw out that right. your team fired their general manager yeah. that that took them to the top. And, it's okay. Right. I didn't have any say in that, so um but you could lead the uh, letter writing campaign. No, I'm not a good writer. So Yeah, I know I I read your book uh, right here, The Nothing That Never Happened by William Young, available on Amazon. Yes. At the bargain price of just nine ninety nine. Please, please buy it. It's you know what? I'm excited because did you see did you see my tweet? You don't tweet, do you? I don't tweet. Did you see my tweet? I'm gonna tell you. I'm excited because my book, The Nothing That Never Happened, my second release, is on the Amazon bestseller list. And you know what number it is? Four okay, so out of the one hundred top one hundred bestsellers on Amazon, it's four hundred and ninety seven thousand five hundred thirty three. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, but but in, how many books are there? I mean, there's got to be millions, right? Well, and I'm thinking that all those four thousand that are in front of you are not in the Library of Congress. They you don't, they don't have a control number. You are permanently in the library of congress that's that's a big deal thank you so next time i'm in dc and they won't let me in i'm gonna tell them hey i know bill young oh that was an outburst it was was that uh situational or uh we've established that you're not right but you have some new swag i and that should make up for it i uh you know what and I will. I, I love that you're telling me sizes, uh, two sizes smaller than what I gave you, and the and the things that I gave you fit perfectly. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, number five. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Uh, I'm gonna wear this under my uniform. Oh, uh, good. Good. Because I. Uh, 
I think it's a really cool shirt. It, it is. It's it's very cool. I'm going to uh, I'm going to wash it tonight because I know it's been in your COVID filled house. Thank so. you, thank you, Blue Help. Thank yes. you, Guardian RFID. Thank you, everybody that listens to the podcast. Didn't you do that on Facebook today? I did. A, a five minute thank you. I love you. I did. Nobody cares. You 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 really do love me. No, Sarah Zimmerman cares. Oh, I like she, Sarah Zimmerman. She responded. Yeah. You know, I'll have to look at it. I didn't look at it. Um, I put these posts out there. I, 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 I plant the, it's like planting a seed and they just walk away and see what happens. I come back the next day. Um, and, uh, and then I get sad because only, you know, 10 people liked it. There are very few truly good people that work in our facility by good Well, thank people. you. I appreciate you saying that about me. No, I'm going to, let me rephrase that. There are very few people that have pure goodness in their souls, in their heart. And her and her husband are are two people that are truly just good citizens. Just just good people in and outside the facility. Right. And I know that uh they're just good people. That's uh that's all I can say about that. Well, you know what? I could go down the list. TJ's a good person. There are several really You're getting misty eyed. Good people that work there. Well, I'm trying to then balance. Quit being an them. asshole to everybody. No, because I was just gonna say I, I balance it out with there's a lot of shitbag Steves there that are just uh right, I think you owe him every time you say shitbag Steve, I think we have to pay him. Ours is Percy. Oh, well Yeah. Uh, Maybe but, that's why he hasn't sent my coffee yet. Well, I'm trying to make the catchphrase "shitbag Steve" worldwide famous, and so when he copyrights it, what if we did this? What if we said "shitbag Steve" couldn't hack it? No, "shitbag Steve" got fired. No, "shitbag Steve's still there. "Shitbag Steve" fired him. Oh, yeah, that's why he "shitbag yeah. Steve." So "shitbag Steve's" brother works with us. We have a lot of shitbag Steve relatives, but I'm just saying that there's some really, really good people with the good hearts. The majority, yeah, yeah. most. Um, uh, another person that works in control with you, uh, yeah, uh, gave me his resume last week because we had a little downtime when right. we were talking. He is a good person. Good. He. Uh, good. Yeah. All right. Well, good. You've ran down the list, and everybody's a good person. Yeah, there's four of them. Right. <laughs> four of them in the whole building. <laughs> you know what? There's another guy. No. He's trying to. What he's trying to do is get more than six people at his funeral, and I don't have time for this. No, I'm uh, six is the limit, and that includes. You've already. That includes family. Does that include me or no? Well, yeah, because apparently you're going to be the one with the blowtorch cremating me. It's, <laughs> yeah. Because you did it for a living, and then after you cremate me, you're going to grind dust. up your. Dust my ashes off your your pants and leave your dust boots your out. Dust so your asses off my ass. Yeah, I said ashes. D- dust your ash off my my ass. ash off your pants. Right, and you'll leave your boots outside. Right, and uh... that's where it all started. I used to have to leave my shoes, my dress shoes, outside when I stepped in uh, skin and, slip and. 
beyond the grave when you come home and the service is over and everything, you're, you're going to sit down and you're going to hear, Everybody sit down. Bill has a story. 